Hare Krishna, my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Right here in the live studios, otherwise known Hyde, otherwise known as The Haven, if you speak Anglo-Saxon, that is. Right, right here, next to the English Channel. Uh, we hope that all of you are safe and, ha and, and well and happy in the throngs of what the world's going through. Um, probably, depending on where you are, you may not experience so much of it, but the world is uh, going in an inauspicious direction, except for those of us who are hearing Srila Prabhupada's books every day. So welcome aboard. If anybody's out there new, thank you, and please feel welcome and home here in the Haven, and all of you who are old-timers, regulars, please invite your friends. Let's spread this nectar as much as possible. The world needs it more than ever. Okay. Srimad Bhagavatam. Srimad Bhagavata. Mahima Stotram. From Sri Krishna Lila Stava. Texts 4.12 through 4.16. Five wonderful verses, beautiful verses, glorifying the Srimad Bhagavatam by Srila Sanatana Goswami. And it goes like this Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja, Sarva Lokaika Drik Prada. O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas rich mine of the precious gems of all conclusive truths. You are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana Srimad Bhagavata Prabho Kalidvandoditaditya Sri Krishna Parivartita O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya Prema Varshakshadayate Sarvada Sarvasevyaya Sri Krishnaya Namostume I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by Everyone, you are Sri Krishna Himself. Madeka Bando Matsangin Madguru Mad Mahadana Manistaraga Mad Bhagya Mad Ananda Namostute. My only friend, my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadu tadayin atini chutatakara hanamun chakadachin mam premna ritkanta yokspura. O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo
Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Hare Krishna. So, we've been hanging out with the personified Vedas for a few days, listening, listening to their conversations and what they have to say. Chapter 87, Prayers by the Personified Vedas, and we are on Part 8. We're beginning with the, with the paragraph starting Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur remarks. I'll give you a couple of seconds to find a place. Or maybe you already have it already bookmarked. Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur remarks in this connection that if sannyasis, persons in the renounced order of life, who have left their homes for self-realization, do not engage themselves in the devotional service of the Lord, but become attracted by philanthropic work, such as opening educational institutions, hospitals, or even monasteries, churches, or temples, or demigods. They find only trouble from such engagements, not only in this life, but in the next. Sannyasis who do not take advantage of this life to realize Krishna simply waste their time and energy in activities outside the jurisdiction of the renounced order. A devotee's attempt to engage his energies in such activities as constructing a Vishnu temple, however, is never wasted. Such engagements are called Krishnarte Akila Chesta, variegated activities performed to please Krishna. A philanthropist, a philanthropist's opening a school building and a devotee's constructing a temple are not on the same level. Although a philanthropist's opening an educational institution may, may be pious activity, it, can come, it comes under the laws of karma, whereas constructing a temple for Vishnu is devotional service. Devotional service is never within the jurisdiction of the law of karma. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Sagunan Samatityaitan Brahmabhuyaya Kalpate Devotees of the Supreme of the Personality of Godhead transcend all the reactions of the three modes of material nature and are situated on the transcendental platform of Brahman realization. The devotees are liberated in both this life and the next. Any work done in this material world for Yajna, Vishnu or Krishna is considered to be liberated work. But without connection with the Chutta, the infallible Supreme Personality of Godhead, there is no possibility of stopping the resultant actions of the law of karma. The life of Krishna consciousness is the life 
of liberation. The conclusion is that a devotee, by the grace of the Lord, is liberated in both this life and the next, whereas karmis, jnanis, and yogis are never liberated, either in this life or in the next. The personified Vedas continued, Dear Lord, anyone who by your grace has understood the glories of your lotus feet is callous to material happiness and distress. The material pangs <clears throat> are inevitable as long as we exist within the material world. But a devotee does not divert his attention to such actions and reactions which are the results of pious and impious activities. Nor is a devotee very much disturbed or pleased by praise or condemnation from people in general. A devotee is sometimes greatly praised because of his transcendental activities, and sometimes he is criticized even though there is no reason to, for adverse criticism. The pure devotee, however, is always callous to praise or condemnation by ordinary people. Actually, the devotee's activities are on the transcendental plane. He is not interested in the praise or condemnation of people engaged in material activities. If the devotee can thus maintain his transcendental position, his liberation in this life and the next is guaranteed by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A devotee's transcendental position within this material world is maintained in the association of pure devotees. Simply by hearing the glorious activities enacted by the Lord in different ages and in different incarnations, the Krishna Consciousness Movement is based on this principle Srila Narutam Das Thakur has sung, My dear Lord, let me, be, let me be engaged in your transcendental loving service, as indicated by the previous Acharyas, and let me live in the association of pure devotees. That is my desire, life after life. In other words, a devotee does not, care, not much care whether or not he is liberated. He is eager only for devotional service. Devotional service means that one does not do anything independently of the sanction of the acharyas. The actions of the Krishna consciousness movement are directed by the previous acharyas headed by Srila Rupa Goswami. In the association of devotees following these principles, a devotee is able to perfectly maintain his transcendental position. In the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says that a devotee who knows him perfectly is very dear to him. Four kinds of pious men take to devotional service. If a pious man is in distress, he approaches the Lord for mitigation of his distress. If a pious man is in need of material help, he prays to the Lord for such help. If a pious man is actually inquisitive about the science of God, he approaches the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. Similarly, a pious man who is simply eager 
to know the science of Krishna also approaches the Supreme Lord. Out of these four classes of men, the last is praised by Krishna himself in the Bhagavad Gita. A person who tries to understand Krishna with full knowledge and devotion by following in the footsteps of previous acharyas, conversant with scientific knowledge of the Supreme Lord, is praiseworthy. Such a devotee can understand that all conditions of life, favorable and unfavorable, are created by the supreme will of the Lord. And when he has fully surrendered under the lotus feet of the, of the Supreme Lord, he does not care whether his condition of life is favorable or unfavorable. A devotee takes even an unfavorable condition to be the special favor of the personality of Godhead. Actually, there are no unfavorable conditions for a devotee. Knowing that everything is coming by the will of the Lord, he sees every condition as favorable. And in any condition of life, he is simply enthusiastic to discharge his devotional service. This devotional attitude is explained in the Bhagavad Gita. A devotee is never distressed in reverse conditions of life, nor is he overjoyed in favorable conditions. In the higher stages of devotional service, a devotee is not even concerned with the list of do's and do-nots. Such a position can be maintained only by following in the footsteps of the acharyas. Because a pure devotee follows in the footsteps of the acharyas, any action he performs to discharge devotional service should be understood to be on the transcendental platform. Lord Krishna therefore instructs us that an acharya is above criticism. A neophyte devotee should not consider himself to be on the same plane as the acharya. It should be accepted that the acharyas are on the same platform as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and as such neither Krishna nor his representative acharya should be subjected to any adverse criticism by the neophyte devotees. Let that one sink in for a few minutes, a few seconds. <clears throat> the personified Vedas thus worshipped the Supreme Personality of Godhead in different ways. Offering worship to the Supreme Lord by praying means remembering His transcendental qualities, pastimes, and activities. But the Lord's pastimes and qualities are unlimited. It is not possible for us to remember all the qualities of the Lord. Therefore, the personified Vedas worshipped to the best of their ability and at the end they spoke as follows. Dear Lord, although Lord Brahma, the predominating deity of the highest planet, Brahmaloka, and King Indra, the predominating demigod of the heavenly planets, as well as the predominating deities of such planets as the sun and the moon, are all very confidential directors 
of this material world. They have very little knowledge about you. Then what can ordinary human beings and mental speculators know of you? It is not possible for anyone to enumerate the unlimited transcendental qualities of your Lordship. No one, not even the mental speculators and the demigods in higher planetary systems is actually able to estimate the length and breadth of your form and characteristics. We think that even your Lordship does not have complete knowledge of your transcendental qualities. The reason, the reason is that you are unlimited. Although it is not befitting to say that you do not know yourself, it is practical to understand that because you have unlimited qualities and energies and because your knowledge is also unlimited, there is unlimited competition between your knowledge and your expansion of energies. The, this, the idea is that because God and His knowledge are both unlimited, as soon as God is cognizant of some of His energies, He perceives that He still has still more energies. In this way, both His energies and His knowledge increase. Because both of them are unlimited, there is no end to the energies and no end to the knowledge with which to understand the energies. God is undoubtedly omniscient, but the personified Vedas say that even God himself does not know the full extent of his energies. This does not mean that God is not omniscient. When an actual fact is unknown to a certain person, this is called ignorance or lack of knowledge. This is not applicable to God, however, because He knows Himself perfectly. But still, as His energies and activities increase, He also increases His knowledge to understand them. Both are increasing unlimitedly, and there is no end to it. In that sense, it can be said that even God Himself does not know the limit of His energies and qualities. How God is unlimited in His expansion of energies and activities can be roughly calculated by any sane and sober living entity. It is said in the Vedic literature that innumerable universes issue forth when Mahavishnu ex exhales in his Yoga Nidra and that innumerable universes enter his body when he inhales. We have to imagine that these universes, which according to our limited knowledge are expanded unlimitedly, are so great that the gross and subtle ingredients, the five elements of the cosmic manifestation, namely earth, water, fire, air, and sky, along with the total material energy and false ego, are not only within the universe, but cover the universe in seven layers, and each layer ten times bigger than the previous one. In this way, each and every universe is very securely packed, and there are numberless universes. All these universes float within the innumerable pores of the transcendental body of Mahavishnu. It is stated that just as the atoms 
and particles of dust are floating within the air along with the birds and the number cannot be calculated. So innumerable universes are floating within the pores of the transcendental body of the Lord. For this reason, the Vedas say that God is beyond the grasp of our knowledge. Avan Manasagochara To understand the length and breadth of God is beyond the jurisdiction of our mental speculation. Therefore, a person who is actually learned and sane does not claim to be God, but tries to understand God, making distinctions between spirit and matter. By such careful discrimination, one can clearly understand that the Supreme Soul is transcendental to both the superior and inferior energies, although he has a direct connection with both. In the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna explains that although everything is resting on his energy, he is different or separate from that energy. Nature and the living entities are sometimes designated as Prakriti and Purusha, respectively. The whole cosmic manifestation is an amalgamation of Prakriti and Purusha. Nature is the ingredient cause and the living entities are the effective cause. These two causes combine together and the effect is this cosmic manifestation. When one is fortunate enough to come to the right conclusion about this cosmic manifestation and everything going on within it, he knows it to be caused directly and indirectly by the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. It is concluded in the Brahma Sangita, Therefore, Ishwara Paramakrishna Satcharananda Vigraha Anadir Adir Govinda Sarva Karana Karanam After much deliberation and consideration, when one has attained the perfection of knowledge, one comes to the conclusion that Krishna, or God, is the original cause of all causes. Instead of speculating about the measurement of God, whether He is so long or so wide, or falsely philosophizing, one should come to the conclusion of the Brahma Sangita. Krishna, or God, is Sarva Karana Karanam, the cause of all causes. That is the perfection of knowledge. Thus, the Veda Stuti, or the prayers offered by the personified Vedas to Garbhotakashaya Vishnu, were first narrated in disciplic succession by Sanandana to his brothers, all of whom were born of Brahma in the beginning at the beginning of the universe. The four Kumaras were the firstborn sons of Brahma, therefore they are known as Purva Jata. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita that the Parampara system or the disciplic succession begins with Krishna Himself. Similarly, here in, in the prayers of the personified Vedas, it is to be understood that the Parampara system begins with the personality of Godhead Nara Narayan Rishi. We should remember <clears throat> we should remember that this Veda Stuti 
is narrated by Kumara Sanandana and the narration is repeated by Narayan Rishi in Badarikashram. Narayan Rishi is the incarnation of Krishna for showing us the, the path of self-realization by undergoing severe austerities. In this age, Lord Chaitanya demonstrated the path of pure devotional service by putting himself in the role of a pure devotee. Similarly, in the past, Lord Narayan Rishi was an incarnation of Krishna who performed severe austerities in the Himalayan ranges. Sri Narada Muni was hearing from him. So in the statement given by Narayan Rishi to Narada Muni, as narrated by Kumara Sanandana in the form of the Veda Stuti, it is understood that God is the one supreme and that all others are his servants. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is stated, Ekale Ishwara Krishna. Krishna is the only supreme God. Ara Sabha Britya. All others are his servants. Yari Yaichi Nachaya Se Taicha Kari Nritya. The Supreme Lord, as he desires, is engaging all the living entities in different activities and thus they exhibit their different talents and tendencies. This Veda Stuti is thus the original instruction regarding the relationship existing between the living entity and the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The highest platform of realization for the living entity is the attainment of devotional life. One cannot be engaged in devotional life or Krishna consciousness unless one is fully free from material contamination. Narayana Rishi informed Narada Muni that the essence of all the Vedas and Vedic scriptures, namely the four Vedas, the Upanishads, the Puranas and the Vedanta Sutra, is to render transcendental service to the Lord. In this connection, Narayana Rishi has used one particular word, rasa. In devotional service, this rasa is the via medium or the basic principle for the exchange of dealings between the Lord and the living entity. Rasa is also described in the Vedas, raso vai saha. The Supreme Lord is the reservoir of all pleasure. All the Vedic scriptures including the Puranas, the Vedas, the Upanishads and the Vedanta Sutra teach the living entities how to attain the stage of rasa. The Bhagavatam also says that the statements of the Mahapurana, Srimad Bhagavatam, constitute the essence, rasa, of all Vedic literature. Nigamakalpataror galitang palam The Bhagavatam is the essence of the ripened fruit of the tree of the Vedic literature. We understand that with the breathing of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there issued forth the four Vedas, namely the Rig Veda, the Yajur Veda, the Sama Veda, and the Atarva Veda, and also the histories like the Mahabharata and all the Puranas, which are considered to be the history of the world. The Vedic histories, 
like the Puranas and Mahabharata, are called the fifth Veda. The 28 verses of the Veda Stuti are to be considered the essence of all Vedic knowledge. The four Kumaras and all other authorized sages know perfectly that devotional service in Krishna consciousness is the essence of all Vedic literature. And they preach this on different planets, traveling in outer space. It is stated herein that such sages, including Narada Muni, hardly ever travel on land. They perpetually travel in space. Sages like Narada and the Kumaras travel throughout the universe to educate the conditioned souls that their business in the, in the world is not that of sense gratification, but of reinstating themselves in their original position of devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is stated in several places that the living entities are like sparks of the fire and the Supreme Personality of Godhead is like the fire itself. If the sparks somehow or other fall out of the fire, they lose their natural illumination. Thus it is ascertained that the living entities come into this material world exactly as sparks fall from a great fire. The living entity wants to imitate Krishna and tries to lord it over material nature in order to enjoy sense gratification. Thus he forgets his original position and his illuminating power, his spiritual identity, is extinguished. However, if the living entity takes to Krishna consciousness, he is reinstated in his original position. To preach this process of devotional service, sages and saints like Narada and the Kumaras travel all over the universe in educating people and increasing their disciples. Their aim is that all the conditioned souls may be educated to revive their original consciousness or Krishna consciousness and thus gain relief from the miserable conditions of material life. Narada Muni is a Naishtika Brahmachari. There are four types of Brahmacharis. The first is called Savitra, which refers to a Brahmachari who after initiation and the sacred thread ceremony must observe at least three days of celibacy. <laughs> the next is called Prajapatya, which refers to a brahmachari who strictly observes celibacy for at least one year after initiation. The next is called Brahma Brahmachari, which refers to a brahmachari who observes celibacy from the time of initiation up to the time of the completion of his study of the Vedas, Vedic literature. The next stage is called Naishtika, which refers to a brahmachari who is celibate throughout his whole life. Out of these, the first three are upakurvana, which means that the brahmachari can marry later, after the brahmachari period is over. The naishtika brahmachari, however, is completely reluctant to have any sex life. Therefore, the kumaras and narada are known as naishtika brahmacharis. Such brahmacharis are called virabrata, 
because their vow of celibacy is as heroic as the vows of the Kshatriyas. The Brahmachari system of life is especially advantageous in that it increases the power of memory and determination. It is specifically mentioned in this connection that because Narada was a Naishtika Brahmachari, he could remember whatever he heard from his spiritual master and would never forget it. One who can remember everything perpetually is called a Shrutidara. A Shrutidara Brahmachari can repeat verbatim all that he has heard without notes and without reference to books. The great sage Narada has this qualification and therefore, having taken instructions from Nara Narayana Rishi, he is engaged in propagating the philosophy of devotional service all over the world. Because such great sages can remember everything, they are thoughtful, self-realized and completely fixed in the service of the Lord. Thus the great sage Narada, after hearing from his spiritual master Narayana Rishi, became completely realized. He became established in the truth and he became so happy that he offered prayers to Narayan Rishi. Narada Muni addressed Narayan Rishi as an incarnation of Krishna and specifically addressed him as the supreme well-wisher of the conditioned souls. It is stated in the Bhagavad Gita that Lord Krishna descends in every millennium just to give, to give protection to his devotees and to annihilate the non-devotees. Narayana Rishi, being an incarnation of Krishna, is also addressed as the well-wisher of the conditioned souls. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, everyone should know that there is no well-wisher like Krishna. Everyone should understand that Lord Krishna is the supreme well-wisher of everyone and should take shelter of Him. In this way, one can become completely confident and satisfied, knowing that He has someone who is able to give Him all protection. Krishna Himself, His incarnation, and his plenary expansions are all supreme well-wishers of the conditioned souls. But Krishna is the well-wisher even of the demons, for he gave salvation to all the demons who came to kill him in Vrindavan. Therefore, Krishna's welfare activities are absolute, for whether he annihilates a demon or gives protection to a devotee, the result of his activities is one and the same. It is said that the demon Putana was elevated to the same position as that of Krishna's mother. When Krishna kills a demon, the demon is supremely benefited as much as a pure devotee is benefited by always being protected by the Lord. Narada Muni after offering respects to Narayana Rishi, went to the ashram of Vyasadeva, his disciple. <clears throat> 
being properly received by Vyasadeva in his ashram and seated very comfortably, Narada Muni narrated the entire story of what he had heard from Nara Narayan Rishi. In this way, Shukadeva Goswami informed Maharaj Parikshit of the answers to his questions regarding the essence of Vedic knowledge and what is considered to be the ultimate goal of the Vedas. The supreme goal of life is to achieve the transcendental blessings of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and thus become engaged in the loving service of the Lord. One should follow in the footsteps of Shukadeva Goswami and all the other Vaishnavas in the disciplic succession and should pay respectful obeisances unto Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari. The four sects of Vaishnava disciplic succession, namely the Madhva Sampradaya, the Ramanuja Sampradaya, the Vishnu Swami Sampradaya, and the Nimbarka Sampradaya, in pursuance of all Vedic conclusions, agree that one should surrender under the personality, Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Vedic literature is divided into two parts, the Shrutis and Smritis. The Shrutis are the four Vedas, Rig, Sama, Atarva and Yajur, and the Upanishads. And the Smritis are the Puranas and the Itihasas, like the Mahabharata, which includes the Bhagavad Gita. The conclusion of all these, the conclusion of all these is that one should know Sri Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He is the Parama Purusha, or the Supreme Personality of Godhead, under whose superintendence material nature works. For creation, maintenance, and annihilation, the Supreme Lord incarnates into three, Lord Brahma, Lord Vishnu, and Lord Shiva. After manifesting the material cosmos, all of these take charge of the three modes of material nature, but the ultimate direction is in the hands of Lord Vishnu. The complete activities of the material, nat of material nature under the three modes are conducted under the direction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. This is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, Maya, Yakshina, Prakriti, and in the Vedas, Saikshata, Maya Dyakshena. And in the Vedas, Saikshata. The atheistic Sankhyite philosophers will, of course, offer their arguments that the material cosmic manifestation is due to Prakriti and Purusha, material nature and the living entity, or the material cause and the effective cause. But Krishna is the cause of all causes. He is the cause of both the material and the effective causes. Prakriti and Purusha are not the ultimate cause. Superficially, it appears that a child is born due to the combination of the father and mother, but the ultimate cause of both the father and the mother 
is Krishna. He therefore is the original cause of the, or the cause of all causes as confirmed in the Brahma Sangita. Hare Krishna. That's a mouthful, an earful, a mindful, a brainful, soulful. So we'll stop here at 8.04. And um, this is an incredible chapter. Anyone who... Anyway, I'll stop there. Hare Krishna. Four and a half hours of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Another hour of 10th Canto Bhagavatam. I feel completely saturated, completely satisfied. May the Lord allow me to do this forever. Okay, Hare Krishna. Enough of that. So if we have any uh, reflections, discussions, ecstasies from the assembled sages, please be our guests. Hare Krishna. Where's the singer from Rati Manjari? Hare Krishna, Rati. She says, Jai Guru Maharaj, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Rati Manjari. Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Sudevi Dasi. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. And from Krishna Paswan. Krishna Paswan. Hmm. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Hare Bo. Brian Phillips. Hare Bo, Bhakta Brian. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Jai, glories to Prabhupada, still waiting. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Jai, glories to Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Sorry I wasn't here last night. Been quite unwell these past few days. It's amazing how I was sidelined by adverse conditions. I remembered how you told us of how you took shelter of Chaitanya Charitamrita whilst you were practically on your deathbed. All I could manage was episodes of following Sri the Prabhupada. That's good enough. That's good enough. It's not that we are cookie cut, you know. We, each one of us is an individual person and we manifest these symptoms differently from everyone else. Unique. Every soul is unique. From Bhaktamatsu. Haribo Bhaktamatsu. Please accept my humble obeisances. All yeah, glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Thank you so much for being a source of constant inspiration for us all. Well, that's about the nicest thing I've ever heard. Thank you, Hare Krishna. 
questions from Ananda Murti Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna Ananda Murti. Dear Guru Maharaj and all the assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. This opportunity of hearing with you and the assembled sages is very rare to attain. I am feeling grateful to you and the devotees. Thank you so much, I pray, so that I can continue to hear with you every day, every day. So be it. And may I be the medium so that I can do this every day for the rest of my life at least. There's another comment from Bhakta Rupa. Haribo Bhakta Rupa. He says three paragraphs left. Three paragraphs left. Oh my gosh. Maybe I should have maybe I should have uh, finished tonight, but it's okay. Three paragraphs, then we go to the next chapter tomorrow. Well, everybody, thank you so much, and uh, I'll go back into my immersion now. Uh, we've been doing oh f four five hours almost five hours a day and completing four hours of the actual sound uh, which means we probably have a little more than a month to go before we finish the uh, finest proofreading and then there's going to be the uh, exercise of mastering the whole thing that means to make it all consistent in terms of in terms of uh, as much as possible, but term, in terms of uh, quality and, and 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 volume and all of that, uh, and then it will be released into the world. And just the thought of it is uh, making me shiver. Hare Krishna, Krishna, the supreme personality of Godhead, Ki Jai, Samabeda Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai. Gold Prem Manandi, Hari Hari Bo. See you tomorrow night. Same place, same time, same topic. The unlimited Supreme Personality of God, as we heard all about it tonight. See you tomorrow. Hare Krishna.